0: Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. Today, it'll just be me, Karen, as we discuss episode 29 and 30 of The Story of Minglan, or 知否知否应是旅非红售? This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter if you have any comments or questions, or you can always email us at Karen and Kathy at chasingdramas.com. In the last podcast episode, Kathy walked you through how our main character had her heart broken by the young and handsome Duke Qi Heng after he made the decision to marry the daughter of a prince, so Jia Cheng Xianzhu, who is the daughter of Yong Wang. While Qi Heng was certainly threatened by his future wife's family and blackmailed, he ultimately had to back out of his promise to marry Ming Len. As with anyone who is undergoing heartbreak, it is time to uh, delete Facebook, lawyer up and hit the gym. Or in Ming Lan's case, get sent amazing soup by another cute boy, be invited to many outings by a countess and plot revenge for your mother's death. There's absolutely too much to do to feel too bad about what happened. Episode 29 starts off with guests visiting the Sheng family. Madame He, whom we met previously, is an impressive doctor. So she is visiting Grandma Sheng with her grandson, the handsome He Hongwen. Both of them pay a visit to Grandma Sheng and Minglan, respectively the young He Hongwen is quite thoughtful and even brings fresh fish soup using fish from Minglan's family home in Youyang because he knows it's her favorite. See, the young Duke Hong went off to marry the daughter of a prince, but Ming Lan has this thoughtful doctor who remembers all of her likes and dislikes. He even joked about how he brought the fish from home just to make her smile. How sweet is that? And with this visit, she is finally feeling a little bit better about everything that's happened and is ready to face the world. Shortly after, Minglan visits her maternal aunt, who is currently still staying at Sanqing Temple. I personally feel like this is rather odd because she's... This woman who has been over at Sensing Temple for several months. So not entirely sure why or how she's able to uh, take such a long extended leave. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I kind of want to be like this aunt and just like stay at a temple and for months on end and not have to worry about uh, things at home. Well, Minglan's maternal aunt is rather anxious to see what are the next steps for Minglan on avenging her mother. Minglan though is there and just focuses on brewing tea. Once done, she toasts her deceased mother, her aunt, and herself, and then gets up to leave. Her aunt is confused. Minglan, you brew tea and that's it. But this cup of tea is actually for Ming Lan to become resolute in her next steps. It's her way of saying, you know what? I am ready for battle. I am ready for everything that is going to come up next, and I'm going to start plotting. Sure enough, right after she departs from her aunt, Minglan runs into none other than the countess of Yongchang. She's the one who hosted the polo match back in episode 16, and has since then been quite taken with this young woman in Minglan. The Countess of Yongchang, or Wu Danyangzi, wants Minglan for a daughter-in-law, and now that Ti Hung has gone off and married someone else, this is her chance. The Countess speaks to Minglan about hosting another polo match in the near future because she wants to see Minglan in action. Minglan at first is rather hesitant to attend because it does not reflect well if she went, and her sisters did not. I mean, that's fair. She would be bullied, and it doesn't look good for a shu ni daughter to go to such an event when the uh, the chu daughter isn't invited. The countess, not missing a beat, decides to invite all of the sheng daughters so that uh, she can spend quality time with Minglan. Such a grand invitation cannot go unnoticed by the rest of the family, so of course... Wang Danyangzi, the head of the uh, the household, so Madam Wang, and the concubine, Mistress Lin, Lin Xiangyang, who have certainly been put on the back burner the last few episodes, are back at it again with trying to figure out how to match their daughter with such a wealthy husband. At the polo match, Minglan takes to the field, but isn't having a great day, so she spends some time with the countess and her sisters, Muolan and Rulan. The countess's handsome son, Liang Han, is on the field and the object of everyone's attention today. Minglan's sisters, Rulan and Molan, behave as they always do, bickering with not-so-veiled insults while the countess and Lan just smile serenely at the scene. Seeing that uh, Liang Han dismounted his horse after a well-played match, Molan gets up and says she's going to change aka used the restroom, so she is excused. What she's really trying to do is sneak into the poetry meeting full of men so as to spend some time with Liang Han. Ming Lan followed Mo Lan and stops Mo Lan before she can make it to the poetry meeting. It's not that Ming Lan actually cares, but there is a clear delineation that the poetry meeting is for men only. If Lan went, she would lose face for the Sheng family, as the Sheng family would not seem to know good manners, right? If it's clearly for men, a woman going there is a big no-no. Does Lan care, though? Of course not. She only has her sights set on finding a good husband. So what does Ming Len do? The uh, quirky girl and quick-thinking girl actually grabs a pile of mud and chucks it at her sister. Now, her sister can't even go to the event because her clothes are dirty. Mulan is, of course, furious, but can't really refute what happened because deep down, I think she kind of knows that what she's doing is out of decorum, so she can only be angry at her sister for stopping her. After the match, though, we get a conversation between the Countess and her son. We're finally unveiling... Exactly why the countess is so enamored with trying to get Minglan for a daughter-in-law. It sounds like Liang Han is already spending a lot of quality time with another young woman, so Minglan would marry in as the primary wife, but there would be other women in the household. Hmm, sounds like quite the mess already. An interesting line in the drama is that Liang Han asks his mother if Ti Hung already chose Ming Lan for a kie or a concubine. To me, it's because he does not think Ming Lan's birth matches his or Qi Heng's, so he doesn't even think of saying did Qi Hung pick Ming Lan for his wife. Sure, it might also be due to the fact that everyone knows Xi Hong is going to marry the daughter of a prince but i thought that was really interesting people already or automatically place Ming Lan as only concubine worthy versus wife worthy because she is a shun rather than a di and a daughter of a rather low ranking official the countess, so Liang Han's mother, has no qualms whatsoever with Ming Lan being a shunu instead of a di nu, and I appreciate that the countess is able to see what a great person Ming Lan is. Too bad Liang Han doesn't care. He thinks their family would be looked down upon if they married uh, or if he married Ming Lan, but his mother's like, um, are you kidding me? Now you care about your reputation? You spending so much time with this other woman is enough to lose face for this family already. And to that, I totally agree. The Countess might be able to accurately see the qualities in Ming Lan, but she did not raise an upstanding son. Her son is a playboy and actually insists on marrying Mua Lan instead of Ming if he had to marry a Sheng family daughter. The Countess, though, adamantly refuses. She can see right through Mua Lan's character as a gold digger and someone who cannot actually manage the household, but what can the countess do? Her son just likes that type of woman. But the fun continues as the countess continues to send invitations to Minglan and the Sheng household, but this time, it's made plain to both Wang Danyangzi and Lin Xiangyang that uh, she, a.k.a. the countess, only cares about Minglan. For one event, Madame Wang says that her daughter, Ru Lan is sick, so she can't attend. And the countess responds, that's okay, Minglan can come by herself. This news spreads quickly and infuriates both mothers in the Sheng household. Lin Xiangyang and Muo Lan, in particular cannot fathom why the countess thinks so highly of Minglan. They even request Sheng Hong uh, to allow Mo Lan to go to the event with Minglan, which is quickly refuted by Wang Danyangzi, because if her daughter can't go, why would she bring Mo Lan another Shuni to the event? The scene with Sheng Hong and Wang Danyangzi is so funny. He's kind of like, um, you know, like being shy and very meek. And he knows that uh, Wang Danyangzi is going to be upset at trying to get Mulan to go to this event. But until but he still he still does it. Uh, and only after hearing the truth about how the countess doesn't actually care about Zulan and Mulan, does it kind of just let it go. That was that was quite a, a funny scene. I will say it is honestly so satisfying to see Molan this agitated. She is such a bully to Minglan, but for her to be put in her place like this is chef's kiss so good. This is, although clearly a part of Minglan's plan, as everything she says or does is currently adding fuel to the fire. One night, after returning from an event, the three daughters are told to chat uh, at Grandma Sheng's place. Madame Wang was the one to take Minglan to yet another event through uh, Countess Wu's invitation, and uh, Madame Wang recounts all the people they've met while Minglan shares all of the grand gifts Countess Wu gave her to then gift to Rulan and Mo Lan. Mo Lan doesn't accept. She's like. I have plenty of these myself. To which Minglan's like, you know, you're right. You've seen way more. I haven't seen much except for the sons and daughters of counts and Earls. Because Countess Wu told her, Minglan, that she needed to learn more about society. (laughs) Of course, Mulan can't handle this. So she storms off in a huff. Episode 29 ends with Grandma Shang questioning Ming Lanesta why she is purposefully agitating her sister. Ming Lan doesn't explain much beyond not being satisfied anymore with constantly being bullied, which, you know, is fair. Ming Lan has to stand up for herself at some point, right? In episode 30, the conflict reaches a boiling point as Minglan continues to gift the gifts received from Countess Wu to her two sisters. Zhu is quite the gem as she accepts all of the gifts willingly. In her mind, she has no issue with Minglan marrying into the Liang family because she recognizes how tough it is to be the wife of such a powerful and you know, wealthy family. Her own oldest sister, Hualan, is accomplished, graceful, and educated, but she is still constantly being bullied and belittled daily in her family. Rulan does not want to live that type of life. This attitude is quite admirable and is something we should all reflect upon in ourselves. Sure, great to have wealth and titles, but at what cost? Muolan, though does not see it this way at all. She is in her room throwing a huge temper tantrum, breaking jewelry left, right, and center. When one of Minglan's maids comes to gift Mulan some fabrics, Mulan reached her limit. She cannot stand Minglan showing off in such a way. She insults the maid, even slaps her across the face, and then storms over to Minglan's quarters. Once there, she is hurling the worst insults at her own sister for showing off the way she does. Some choice words include calling Minglan a prostitute, which you don't need me to tell you that that is not something you say to your sister. It is very low class as well. Minglan, though, seems to want to further antagonize Lan because she on the surface apologizes and then says... Sister, if you're upset at not being invited to these events, don't worry. I'll ask Countess Wu to invite you. She listens to everything I say, so I'm sure you'll receive an invite. <laughs> what a schemer, Ming Lan. Everything she says is so calm, but the underlying meaning is not lost on Ming Minglan is... Uh, definitely displaying how close she and uh, this countess is in that she has the connections to make her do anything while Mu'alan only has the ability to uh, receive these invites. Mu'alan lunges towards Ming Lan and the sisters, plus third maids, get into quite the catfight. For some reason, this fight is so amusing because I guess in, you know, these historical Chinese dramas, we're used to, you know, kung fu and choreographed fight. But this drama shows us what it's really like when young women fight each other. It's a lot of screaming, uh, a lot of grabbing, and none of it is very graceful, especially when you have very long uh, robes because their clothes are restrictive and, you know, your sleeves are all over the place. Mo though grabs a piece of uh, broken ceramic that um, has shattered and actually swipes at Minglan's face. If Lan wasn't already a terrible person, this is certainly uh, an instance where this tells us that she has broken through the limit of what is acceptable versus not. Minglan's face now has a long gash and she starts bleeding. Madam Wang heard the commotion and arrived to separate the sisters. But she's not effective as Mistress Lin also arrived to save her daughter from punishment. <sighs> Wang Da Niangzi, really? Can you please get something done? I mean, clearly not, and it's really frustrating. But fortunately, Grandma Shang's headmaid steps in to take hold of the situation. First, this maid tells Wang Da Niangzi to head back. While this seems to be doing a favor for Lin Xianyang and Mo Lan, it's A, to prevent Wang Danyan from making any further mistakes or, you know, messing up the situation. And B, the maid says that Muolan Lan is to wait under watch by Grandma Sheng under, until further questioning. This is to make sure that Mo Lan cannot, you know, harm herself or make any other, uh, I guess, errors that then can be used against Ming Lan. By doing so, this allows the two parties to be separated so that when Sheng Hong returns, he can question both Mo Lan and Ming Lan. For the first time, it is uh, Ming Lan sitting and Mo Lan is actually kneeling. The devious Mo Lan cries fake tears as she twists what happened to make it seem like Ming Lan was the one to hurl insults and to instigate the fight, or at least she tries to make the attack an accident. Minglan finally stands up for herself to decry everything Muolan has said. And here is where Minglan shows us her scheming side, as if we hadn't seen this earlier already. She purposefully brings up that Muolan is probably upset and cut her across the face because she, Minglan, threw mud at Muolan's skirt a while back. Her father then says, just for this tiny mishap, you want to seek revenge against your sister? To which Muolan responds, Ming Lan did it on purpose so that I'm humiliated in front of people. Let's pause there. Mistress Lin actually calls Muolan in an effort to stop her from talking. Why? Because Muolan just admitted that this indeed actually happened where Minglan threw mud on her dress. Shung Hong then turns to Ming Len again. And Ming Len says, Yes, I did this on purpose. She's like very resolute and very direct in her response. She then says, but I do not regret doing this. Because she says that the signs clearly stated that the area was for men only. Kong Momo, so their um, teacher from episode seven and eight, taught them that if only one person did something to lose face for the family, then everyone loses face for the Sheng family. She couldn't allow her sister to do that against the Sheng family. This conversation was done quite skillfully. Minglan first set up the trap where Muolan confirms that there was this event that happened. And then Minglan brings up the most important thing Sheng Hong cares about, which is the Sheng family reputation. Ming protected the family's reputation, which he will be thankful for. A great way to ensure that Sheng Hong believes her rather than Mu Lan as is customary. At this point, Mu Lan screams at Ming Lan for making this up, but Sheng Hong has had enough. Grandma Sheng then even steps in to tell her. Uh, made to bring out the evidence which shows the shard of ceramic used to slash Ming face was clearly imprinted on Mo Lan's hand. Now there is no refuting the fact that Muolan was the one who purposefully attacked her sister. Oh, the steps that we have to go to in order to make Sheng Hong believe Ming its it's ridiculous. He has such a uh, preference for Mistress Lin and Mo Lan that is infuriating. But for once, Sheng Hong actually punishes Mu Lan to 20 slaps to her hand and to kneel in the ancestral shrine until further notice. I do believe this is the most severe punishment uh, Mu Lan has ever received. And if it wasn't clear, this is all thanks to Ming Lan's skillful uh, description of what happened. It is so satisfying to hear this, but I'm like, Mulan, also, can you please stop crying? Your crying is so, ugh, I don't know. You know, there's like some actresses when they cry, they're very beautiful, but for some reason, when Mulan's crying, I think the actress does a good job. I'm just like, ugh, you're so annoying. Please stop crying. Grandma Sheng stops by afterwards to see Ming Lan and help her put on medicine to prevent scarring. After all, a woman's face is your most beautiful currency during this time period. Only here do we find out exactly why Countess Wu wants Ming Lan for a daughter in law. Listen up, all. Never underestimate how much information your servants can discover for you because through the network of servants, Ming Lan found out that it's because Liang Han made a mistake and needs a tough wife to manage the household. As we heard earlier, he has a mistress named Chun Ke who is threatening to kill herself if not let into the household. Countess Wu is doing everything she can to find a proper daughter-in-law first in order to prevent such a humiliating story from becoming public. That's why she's so eager to have Ming Lan. She thinks, and probably accurately, that Ming Lan can manage this swamp of a household for her son. Fortunately, Ming Lan, our girl, is smart enough to know that this is just a trap waiting for her. Also, she has no interest in Liang Han and now recognizes that even though Wu Da Niang so the countess, is rather kind and thinks very highly of her, is pretty much bringing her into a trap. She shares as much with uh, her grandmother, who takes comfort in knowing that Lan is not taking a potential marriage into a countess's uh, or a count's household too seriously. After Minglan goes to sleep, though, Grandma Sheng questions one of Minglan's maids. Grandma Sheng is detecting that there must be a particular reason why Lan is on the attack against Lan. Historically, Minglan has been non-confrontational, so what's going on now? The maid, Cui Wei, doesn't know either. There's not much to do here other than continue to watch and wait. With such a harsh punishment, though, Lin Xiaoyang cannot just stand there to see her daughter continue to suffer. So, she deploys her usual tactics of fake tears saying she'll also take her daughter's punishment and then fake fainting in order to uh, garner her husband's sympathy. I feel like, you know, this time he is not too interested in listening to what she has to say, because when she was like, oh, you know what, I'll also go kneel at the ancestral shrine, um to share punishment for my daughter. He's like, okay. And that's when she fake faints. Uh, But, you know, ultimately, he does fall under her wily charms once again. He understands that the uh, main reason this conflict happens is because the daughters are anxious about marriage. And so he agrees to help Mualan personally identify a good match. This appeases Lin Xiangyang until a few days later does Shang Hong reveal that the man he has in mind for Mualan is a young student named Wen Yanjing. He comes from a family of farmers but are very studious. He himself is young and quite talented and sure to pass the imperial examinations to become an officer in the imperial court. Uh, this is not acceptable for the materialistic Lin Xiangyang, who cares only about the guy's status and wealth. Upon hearing that this uh, Wen Yanjing's character has neither uh, money nor status, she is outright furious. She wants nothing but the best for her daughter and does not agree to this match. Shang Hong, though, says this guy is upstanding and has a great future ahead of him. But does Lin Xiangyang care about these qualities? Absolutely not. In the next episode, we'll see how this information impacts uh, Muolan's behavior on her gold digging uh, conquest. The uh, episode ends with Ming Lan's maid Xiao Tao grumbling that it's unfair Mualan has already been released from her punishment. Ming Lan, though, is rather calm about this and says it looks like this mistake was not big enough. So then let's make the mistake even bigger. From this, we clearly see that she plotted for this type of response from Muolan all along. And everything that she did, giving gifts to Muolan and showing off, was to get this type of response. But the suffering she received is not enough for her father to punish Mulan or Lin Xianyang to the uh, extremity that Minglan wants. There must be further action. And so more misdirection continues. Mulan finds out that Minglan's maids have new clothes because Madame Wang wants the maids to look more proper now that the countess visits the household quite often. Clearly, not learning anything from her punishment. Lan is curious why no one told her the countess has been visiting and is now 100% worried Ming Lan will become the daughter in law to a countess. In the next episode, we will see what type of trap Ming Lan has laid out for her dear sister and the uh, despicable Mistress Lin. There was uh, quite a lot of drama in these last two episodes, but uh, here are some of my thoughts. I, like I said, do appreciate that ming Line is now turning towards uh, her career and bettering herself, AKA, you know, doing things that she's wanted to do for a long time rather than focus on her heartbreak. So I'm all for that, but let's first ridicule Liang Han. To me, he is the epitome of what in Chinese is called a wan zi, or translated into English, a wealthy playboy. These are men who have money but don't study and prefer spending money on drinks and women. Sure, he's handsome and wealthy and comes from a, I guess, powerful family. But we now know that he's also made the mistake of having concubines without getting married first. We saw how earlier in the drama, Gu Tingye was skewered by his family for having children outside of wedlock. And this Liang Han is no different. I'm also annoyed that he doesn't seem to care about how this has impacted his family's reputation. So it's up to his mother to wipe his butt. Is that what happens when you have a very capable mother? Clearly, the countess reads people very well. She sees the valuable qualities in Minglan when no one else does and dislikes Muolan for all the right reasons. Lianghan, on the other hand, does not. Plus, he's a huge hypocrite. He can demean Minglan all he wants for uh, her being of low birth, but he himself doesn't care about his concubine who, through all the connections we heard in this episode, is of low birth too— Plus, he doesn't care about Mulan as long as it fits his interests. Note to self: stay away from handsome, wealthy men like him. That brings me to the next topic of how wealth and status has blinded Mulan and her mother, Mistress Lin. The rest of the Sheng family: so Sheng Hong, the father of the, the household, Wang Da Zi, Ru Lan. Grandma Sheng and Minglan are all happy to not marry into the Liang family because they recognize something is off. Wang Danyangzi and Ru Lan don't know the truth as to why Wu Danyangzi, so Countess Wu, wants Minglan for a daughter-in-law, but they're not giving Minglan a hard time because Ru Lan at least recognizes she does not have what it takes to manage this type of household, nor does she want to suffer for the rest of her life. Ming Lan and Grandma Sheng are the same. Mua Lan and Mistress Lin do not care about that whatsoever. Uh, I don't think they recognize that there's a lot of drama in store for them. And so maybe to them, a lifetime of unhappiness, potential unhappiness, is worth uh, the status and wealth they will garner. I will say I am actually most impressed by Wang Danyang Ziv here for her views. She may be narrow-minded and likes to fight Lin Xianyang, but she is focused on her daughter's happiness more than anything. Once she hears from Rulan that she has no interest in marrying uh, into the Countess's uh, family, she's like, okay, fine. I think this attitude should be commended. Overall, though, while yes, Minglan has had to suffer a scratch to the face, it's been fantastic to see her on the offenses rather than the defensive. She knows exactly what buttons to push in order to make Lan into a jealous demon, and Minglan does it beautifully. It's so satisfying to, to watch, actually. And, you know, this is what happens when you have a heartbreak. Minglan doesn't even have time to think about Tihung, which is great taking all of that energy and time and turn it towards leveling herself up and seeking revenge against uh, her mother. Her ultimate goal is to see the downfall of Lin Xiaonyang. We saw that we're not quite there yet, but the groundwork is certainly being laid to one day get there. history in these two episodes as it is more plot-driven, but there were two lines of poetry that Liang Han recited after he finished his polo match and headed towards a poetry meeting. His servant uh, noted to Liang Han that he is very productive attending this poetry meeting, so soon after the polo match, to which Liang Han responds that Shu zhong zi yu, huang jin wu. These are two famous lines from a poem called Li Xue Pian, which translates more or less to a studying encouragement poem. Essentially, it is to say that there are plenty of benefits to studying. And this poem was written by Song Zhenzong, the third emperor of the Song dynasty, so actually this current emperor's father. The full poem is this Fu this is a very famous poem, or at least the two lines recited by Liang Han are. So the Shu Zhong Ziyo Huang Wu and Shu Zhong Yan Ru Yu. This is the author, or in this case, the emperor's way of describing just how important studying is because within books, you will receive grain, grand golden houses, lots of carriages and horses, and of course, beauties. But the way to get there is to read the five classics, which what he says is Wuting, which is the five classics that are very important uh, during the imperial examinations. If you do well in the imperial examinations, you will have pretty much everything you could possibly want. I would say this is a rather, you know, it's a simple poem. People get it. Um It's interesting to me, though, that Liang Han recited this poem because he has money and can have pretty much any woman he wants. But I guess it is to show he has an interest in being educated, which is why he's going to this um, uh, poetry meeting. So, you know, there's that. But as we described earlier, as I described earlier, he's a pretty big hypocrite. And with that, we will see what shenanigans Minglan has in store for Lan and Lin Xiangyang in the next episode. My patience with Mualan and Lin Xiangyang are at its limit, so I'm sure Minglan is eager to see their downfall as well, or at least trigger it. Thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, The music you heard is the title theme to the drama with sheet music written by Cui Jianghui and performed by yours truly. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please reach out to us and we will catch you in the next episode.